Guru Nation, welcome to episode 429 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. A really special episode. We have CRA Academy guest lecturer Ashley Margo, and she's going to talk about personal branding, why it matters, how it helped her get her first job in clinical research, how it can help you get maybe not only your first job, but your second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or maybe just opportunities. Check this one out. I think you're gonna find something of value here for sure. Ashley does coaching on the side. She's now a remote monitor as well, but she does coaching on the side, helping people do exactly this, land their dream jobs. And she's always a guest lecturer on the CRA Academy. We're very lucky to have her. Her links are in the show notes for her LinkedIn profile. So go check it out. Related to this personal branding is my Patreon channel, five bucks a month. We have a monthly mastermind. We discuss strategies. How are we getting more opportunities for ourselves? And we hold each other accountable. What are you doing? This is what I'm doing. We're all in it once a month. Also, every week, I do a little quick video on a tactic you can use to increase your opportunities on social media uh, for clinical research and for life sciences in general. So check that out, patreon.com slash dansfera, five bucks. Also, also in the show notes, excuse me, <coughs> also in the show notes, I choked up on here. The deal is so good. Five bucks a month, I, like my body doesn't know how to react. Um, in the show notes, CRA Academy, CRC Academy. Go check those out. Those have been booming during this. Uh, I guess everyone's at home and want to learn from home. No better time to do so than now. CRA Academy, CRC Academy, both virtual. CRA Academy offers a virtual internship right now. Uh, thank you guys so much for spreading the word and helping us out. Also check out the book, The Comprehensive Guide to Clinical Research in uh, written or audio format. You guys have been amazing. The reviews have been amazing. Check it out, share it with friends. Leave a review if you've read it. it real, all your support really means a lot to us. Text me 949-415-6256 for anything. And also if you need more studies for your site or you need us to start doing BizDev for you, we do that amongst a whole lot of other hand-holding activities for new sites, moderately experienced sites, and very experienced sites. Uh, we do a lot behind the scenes for you guys as well. 949-415-6256. Check out the episode. And again, thank you very much. Hey, Guru Nation. Very excited to bring you this video, this hour-long presentation from Ashley Margo. Ashley is someone that I've gotten to know fairly well over the last, uh, well, basically since the beginning of this year, beginning of 2020, pre-pandemic actually. So Ashley is somebody who now is a remote site monitor and she basically shares her story to our CRA Academy students of how she got that job uh, by using and leveraging and building her personal brand, mainly on LinkedIn and with her resume. And uh, she goes into a lot of detail about this because I know personal branding doesn't sound like it's something that we need to pay attention to, but it is everything we need to pay attention to. Matter of fact, so much so, this is the reason I created my Patreon channel, patreon.com slash links in the show notes, only five bucks a month. Uh, so check that out. I talk about how to use social media to create more opportunities for yourself, whether you're a job seeker, whether you're a business owner, whether you're someone that wants to be a business owner. And Ashley talks about the same kind of things. And actually, she has her own coaching program as well. And I'll have the link to her LinkedIn underneath 
this video and underneath of the podcast. Uh, but she basically goes really in depth details about how to leverage the LinkedIn, how to make your resume to where the algorithms can pick it up. It's really, it's essential coaching. I don't think there's anyone better than her in our industry, at least when it comes to this kind of stuff. So definitely check her out. She's someone to get to know and hopefully you enjoy this hour guest presentation from the CRA Academy, Ashley Margo. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. It is Saturday afternoon. Um, if you do hear some noise in the background, I do apologize. There is some, you know, stuff going on uh, outside. I guess they chose to do some work today. But um, all right. So let me go ahead and pull up my layout. Okay. So uh, just a quick introduction. My name is Ashley Margo. Um, I have a bachelor's in science and biology. Um, as of right now, I am an RSM2 at a major CR uh, CRO. A uh, little information on that, I just, uh, I overlook 25 plus sites throughout North America. It's an amazing CRO. Uh, I really enjoy what I do. And uh, I actually just started as of June. So pretty interesting. It's been pretty amazing. Um, I'm also the founder of the AM Approach. Um, that is a business that I'm working on at the moment, uh, but I do do it on the side. It's not fully built as of yet. Um, if you do have me on LinkedIn, you can go through my recommendations and get more information on it. Uh, but, you know, uh, I help clientele from students to certified professionals and licensed professionals showcase their strengths uh, to organizations both in the healthcare industry and in clinical research. Um, and again, if you're interested, just go to my LinkedIn page or go ahead and shoot me a message and I'm happy to talk to you more about that. Um, so just a little bit of insight as to how I got here, right? Because it, it definitely plays into today's topic. Um, so I started, I've always been in the clinical health uh, industry, healthcare industry, um, ever since I was 19. And um, it wasn't until last year, I believe in November, that I officially decided that clinical research is uh, where I want to go and stay. So um, I had only one year experience prior to uh, making this official jump. And uh, I was an MA, a medical assistant, not certified, but that's that was my title. And uh, really, all I really helped with was the clinical operations background aspect of everything. And so I did get to view a lot of what was done within the site. Um, but to have heavy, heavy background in clinical research, not so much. Um, so I started in November of last year, 2019. And I started digging very heavily to learn more about clinical research and figure out, you know, what is it that I need to do? Um, how do I have to maneuver into this industry, etc. Um, I came across uh, Dan on YouTube. And uh, I started watching his videos. I found him on Instagram, followed him. Um, I was very fortunate that he was providing a free book at the time. So I got the free book. Uh, I read it, which was amazing. If you have not read it yet, I mean, I know you're in his academy, but I still think that the more information you have, the stronger candidate you are overall. So uh, if you haven't read it, definitely you want to read it. Um, so I read the book, and it just turns out that one day, uh, Dan just so happened to be in Austin, Texas. And right now, this is where I live, Austin, Texas. And uh, he reached out and said, uh, well, not to me, but to his following and said, hey, if anybody's in Austin and wanting to do a video, you know, hit me up. 
And so uh, reluctantly, I was a little nervous, but I did it and I don't regret it at all. It was a really great experience. And, uh, you know, fast forward, here I am now, right? Um, in February, I met him in January and then February came. I had seven interviews with the CR as with position for CRA and RSM roles. And in April, uh, Dan asked me to be a CRA Academy instructor. June, I was hired by my preferred CRO. And uh, all while doing all of this, I was building my following. I was networking and creating a side business that effortlessly kind of all formed together. And why? Because I utilized my personal branding and I utilized it in different ways. And uh, it really was probably the major proponent to everything that I've been able to achieve in short of what, seven, eight months. Um, you know, it may seem like a lot when, you know, you're trying to get in the industry, but seven, eight months is actually extremely short and, uh, not having as much background as I did, uh, within clinical research. Um, it's pretty, I think it's pretty exceptional to have been able to get into the industry the way I did. So today, uh, we will discuss how you can utilize your own personal branding for work and also for your own personal, you know, preference, you can, these concepts and things like that can be utilized on multiple spectrums. So, you know, just obviously keep an open mind as you're going through it, as we're going through it. And um, yeah, it's very good information. Um, so just to give some input. Um, so as I'm going through the layout of this discussion, there's going to be a few sections. Um, I do ask that at the end of each section, uh, you wait till I ask for questions just so that I can make sure, you know, we go through all the information just in case later uh, your question isn't already answered. Um, but I will, you know, uh, look at the chat. And if for whatever reason, you'd also like to come on microphone, which I prefer that because it gets, you know, I get to hear your voice and it's a little bit more personable. Um, but if not, by all means, put it on the chat. Uh, I'm always happy to answer questions. So other than that, let me go back here real quick. Um, aside from that, from what I did just cover, are there any questions? I don't know it's basic information about me, but just in case, do you have any questions? Okay, how is professional brand or personal brand, right, useful? So really the way this works is you ask, okay, who am I and who do I want to be? And why is that important? Well, because I feel like most people, when they're thinking about personal branding or they're talking about personal branding, it's always very much like, um, okay, this is this is what I'm doing. I am a healthcare worker, for example, and uh, you know, I do this, 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 and this for my job, and this is who I am. And it's there's so much, so much more to that. Always, right? Um, really, it's it's always starting from the bottom. So you, you need to start creating the person you're aiming to be, not who you are right now. So for example, for me, I was um, a medical assistant and turned clinical data specialist, somewhat same, but also very different in their own spectrums. And for me to want to go from that to remote site monitor, bit difficult, right? So, you know, it's, I had to go in and say, all right, what does a CRA do? What does a remote site monitor do? What encompasses that specific job? And not just, you know, certifications and things like that, but what kind of personality, uh, what kind of um, knowledge do they need to have? What types of skill sets do they need to have? And 
does my previous job or my current job encompass that? And can I maneuver or wordplay that to benefit me while applying or while showcasing myself as a professional to meet the needs of that specific job, right? So um, for instance, for you all right now that you're in a CRA Academy, uh, I do remember the last time that I did a recording with Dan, uh, I actually had a student who was uh, a dance teacher and she asked me a question. I can't fully remember the question, unfortunately, but I, I do remember telling her like, you know, even though you don't have clinical background or clinical research background, that doesn't matter. You know, you create, you, you get skill sets being a teacher that can translate into clinical research, whether it's through management or, you know, helping educate patients, you know, all these things, there's ways you can translate it, but you need to know how, right? And so it starts with asking that question. And so you, for you all being in the academy right now is a big deal because that in itself showcases you're going out of your way, you're willing to pay for that knowledge to be certified so that you can become that person that this organization CRO or sponsor or site is looking for. And that showcases not just you going out of your way to get that knowledge, but it also states that you are, you know, persistent, you're resilient, you are dedicated, you're determined. All these words can depict you just by showing a certification. And that's also obviously, of course, the more analytical viewpoint of things, but that's really what these HR representatives, these talent acquisition specialists look at. Um, not so much recruiters, because recruiters um, are kind of like the forefront. They're really just the passing door to get into those that actually look deeply into your application. But yeah, that's it's important. So that's what you're showcasing right now, just being in Dance Academy. So congratulations. <laughs> um, so what I said, dual branding, right? You're figuring out who you want to be, which is a point of reinvention, right? For instance, MA wanting to be an RSM, right? So this is who I am, but this is who I want to reinvent myself to. And how can I market your, myself or yourself, right, um, into that market industry, right? So uh, again, if you actually um, haven't watched any of Dan's videos, he covers this a lot. So I would highly suggest going back to his YouTube videos. Uh, some of the videos that I've done with him in the past have actually covered this as well, a little bit more in detail. So um, also highly suggest you go look at those and, and obviously give them a like, right? Because Dan's awesome. <laughs> um, so it's your your personal and professional creation, your image. It's examples like your image, your presentation, your wording, um, your email, email presentation, resume, references. Um, all this, all this is extremely important. And then, uh, you know, in my company, the AM approach, this is actually what I focus in on because it's the little things that really go a long, 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 long way. So for instance, you know, your LinkedIn image, uh, there are tons of people out there that have very good photos and they're very good looking people, but the image that they're utilizing is a horrible representation of who they are professionally. So if you are one of those people that don't have a professional not necessarily professionally taken photo, but a photo that represents you professionally, I highly suggest you go into your LinkedIn and change that right away because it, it speaks multiple words, especially from a CRO or a sponsor that has a very high um, background and where they actually go out of their way to really evaluate each uh, applicant. Okay, so there's that. Um, 
the your wording when you're speaking to recruiters or HR specialists. You know, uh, and I say this because uh, coming from a background where I was very fortunate to have uh, worked with an HR specialist at least for a year and a half, and she was extremely, extremely. Um, uh, she was very, very analytical, and she thought very deeply about you know each applicant and what it meant for the organization she was working for to hire them. And so I got to really see how somebody can dig deeply into just a piece of paper and also uh, online representation. So um, again, you know, I know how important this is. And so, you know, please take the time to really look at yourself, not just your resume, but your overall presentation, right? Um, as well as your email. I have spoken, uh, I forget her last name, but her name was Lindsay. She is a major recruiter for biotech, uh, pharmacy, uh, pharmaceuticals, and a few others. She handles about over 17,000 recruiters nationwide. And I remember she told me that email representation is one of the biggest, um, you know, drawbacks because there's not even an email signature. The type of language being used is, you know, off-putting. There's grammar errors. So yes, all these things really partake into who you are professionally. It can show laziness. It can show unprofessionalism. Um, They can get all sorts of words just from reading one wrong sentence from you, right? So this is why don't be careless. Be intentional with everything it is that you do because you are representing yourself. You are your own CEO. You are your business. And you presenting that to the world, whether it's email, phone call, visual, um, and also social media, whether it's Instagram or LinkedIn, doesn't matter. All that is representation of you. And so it is extremely important that you work on that creation, right? So, and this again, you know, uh, is stuff that I cover with my clientele. So if you feel that you are in not a great place with that and don't know where to start, by all means, reach out to me on LinkedIn and I'm always happy to help. I'm on there twice a day, every day because of how many messages I get. So um, I'm always happy to help anybody that needs that. Um, everyone you know, has a branding, whether you know it or not. Um, and it's about making choices and how you'd like to be perceived. And, and so for instance, you know, the person you are at work, right? Are you the gossiper? Are you the person that lends a hand and always helps out? Are you the person that is known to take things and recreate and make it more simplistic? You know, are you a good friend that is reliable? You know, and I say all this because even if it goes into family and friendship, these, these connections lead to other options and opportunities that are linked through them individually. I can go so, so deep into the many examples of where multiple people have been linked to me through outside networks outside of my work that actually came to me because they were given good word about me right so um this is very important this has to do with personal branding because that representation that you provide follows on and on and on way past more than you can know right so definitely want to consider that um for example, one really, really great example I can give, uh, when I was working in the clinic as an MA, uh, we actually had uh, a female patient that came in and she sat down. Naturally, you know, we would go through the questions and I'd put her in and out, but she wasn't feeling well. So I went out of my way to 
go get her some water, get her, you know, uh, a wet towel, cold wet towel, uh, talk to her, ask her questions, make sure that she was okay and comfortable. And when she felt better, she actually went out of her way to ask me personal questions. We got to uh, talking and she ended up telling me that she really appreciated uh, my special attention to her as a patient and that a lot of people do not do that nowadays because it's always go, 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 right? But she appreciated it. So she introduced herself and she actually ended up being um, a major CEO for a Chicago headquartered major fitness club. And she was actually traveling. She had visited that day and she just happened to get sick, right? But she was visiting that day because she was going to uh, go view the buildings that they were creating at that time because it was a major chain that they were making down in the area where I'm from. And she uh, was very thankful to me. And she said, hey, you know what? Here's my number. Here's my card. Let me know if you need anything while I'm here. I'm here for a week. Um, and also, I would love to give you a personal tour. I know it's not open yet, but you know, I think it'd be nice to walk you through our fitness club, which was awesome. It was super great. And how did that happen? Simply because I showcased my own self the right way professionally. And it, you know, it went on and on, right? It completely created this whole other situation. And this is what happens when, you know, you're in a line and nobody's talking, you can turn around, who knows, you might be talking to, to a CEO of a major sponsor, CRO, right? You want to you want to make sure that you're being aware of all the opportunities around you and how you represent what could happen for your future. So definitely something to keep in in mind always, right? Um, something else, right? Making specific career choices. So for those who are already in research, that is extremely great. That means you already have a lot of backing background to come in with and a, a lot to work with when it comes to interviewing and um, topics of conversation, how to get things moving, how to answer questions, you know, the terminology, which is all great. But for those of you who are just starting off, right, and utilizing the CRA Academy as a standoff platform, which is also very good, um, you definitely want to consider starting with a clean slate. Now, this can go for both types of individuals, ones that have backgrounds and ones that don't, right? Because, you know, ultimately, if you have an, a LinkedIn, for instance, if you're using, utilizing that for, you know, your business networking, if you're utilizing that and you have family, friends, a bunch of random people that, you know, you added for whatever reason, um, these people are taking up your feed. And there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, if, if you want to hone in and focus on professional growth, professional development, networking with specific people that are going to help you propel forward in your career, you want to make sure that your feed is wholly focused in on that so that you only and always just get information that is beneficial to you, right? It's kind of like having, um, having, I guess you could say Netflix, right? There's a good informational section with documentaries where you're always learning good information, but you have a whole bunch of other stuff, you know, comedies, this and this and that, that can also distract you from just honing in solely on the informational. So um, definitely... I had something I did when I started, I already had a, an old LinkedIn, but I said, you know what? I don't want to have anybody else on there. I just solely want the organizations that I follow that inspire me, the, or the CROs and the sponsors and the sites that I actually like. And um, 
recruiters and CRAs and RSMs that, you know, and CTMs that inspired me to move forward and constantly look forward to building my career, right? And so that's something that I do. And this helps your personal brand as well, because as you're adding people or as people are on their LinkedIn, the AI algorithm is picking that up. So if you're completely and fully honed in to clinical research-based individuals and organizations, you are going to be on a high marketing tier for all those other people that are on their network trying to add people. You're going to be a highly requested or highly uh, suggested ad. You know, and again, you know, LinkedIn and AI algorithms can be a whole massive conversation. I, I do this to my clientele because it really does take a lot. But you know, if you can't do that, by all means, Google, learn as much as you can on it and utilize those skill sets because it is helpful to know, right? Um, let me move forward. Okay. Uh, so uh, another thing to add to that, you know, you want to be intentional. You really want to be intentional on what you're posting, who you're adding, um, you know, what it is that you're liking and who you're following. You know, again, because you want to hone in on that. It's completely fine not to go 100%, you know, some would say ham or hardcore into just that. But for me as an individual, after having worked since I was 19, been through all these different levels of career and all that stuff, um, I knew like this is it. This is what I want. Nothing else. So for me, it was all in, you know, and I was willing to do it like that. So when I go all in, I just want to wholly focus in on that. When you do that, you are three steps ahead of the average person that doesn't think that far into it. You know, and and for me, it's always about how can I, you know, play smarter, not harder, right? Or, you know, work harder, sorry, work harder, not work smarter, not harder, excuse me. Um, so yeah, you know, that's definitely something you can do. And it's also something that I utilize in other aspects of, of work and life and things like that. But, you know, if that's what you want, you be intentional. Um, and you bring that intention of who you'd like to brand yourself as to the, you know, to the interview, to your networking events. So what you do on your social media, right? It's also what you're going to portray when you go to these networks, you're going to say, Hey, go follow me on LinkedIn, go follow me on my social media. If you have a lot of communication based towards your specific career and your interest within that career. Uh, maybe not so much entirely social media because that's personal, you know, uh, but definitely LinkedIn, right? So um, you do that, they're going to see that you're linked with other people. They're going to see you're serious, uh, that you you're utilizing all scopes of LinkedIn, and they're going to get to know you so much more. And, and you want that because you know, when you're in a basic conversation, especially with important people or people you want to be in communication with, more than likely, you're not going to have more than 10 minutes with them. Now, if you do have more than 10 minutes, that's great. Uh, kind of my situation with Dan, when I met him in January, uh, we met for the video, we spoke uh, afterwards, we all uh, invited him and his wife to go downtown, we went downtown, we had an amazing time, but he got to know me more, which led to a nice, you know, business, business and acquaintance professional relationship. And so that went a long way. And these are the things you want to keep in mind as you're moving forward and as you're in certain places and events where there's people there that you want to communicate with. Excuse me. Sorry, I need to scroll through this. Okay. 
So something as far as, you know, when you're in the interview and bringing intention, uh, this can be one-on-one communication or this can be interview, right? And you want to intentionally prepare on how you're going to talk about who you are, what you're doing, you know, because mostly when somebody says, tell me about yourself, right? The most infamous interview question, which a lot of people ruin, um, you will say, oh, well, this is my name. This is my degree, kind of like the introduction I did today. Um, And, you know, I really want to do this and I really want to do that, yada, 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 you know, not so much. You want to focus in on, you know, who you are at the moment, but how you're utilizing your skill set right now to hone in to what it is that you want. It's like a play on words, right? So, um, for instance, when I got interviewed uh, for, I believe it was a CRA position, they they said, oh, well, do you have, you know, data quality regulatory knowledge? And I said, well, yes, I have some data quality, not so much regulatory knowledge, right? Ultimately, right, uh, that's going to be a mark, a mark on me getting interviewed. But I did a play on words and I said, yes, but, but I do have exceptional patient experience and some would even say that exceptional patient ethical background experience is the role the the actual the role in clinical research why because it's all based around patient care and patient uh uh, communication and all of that good stuff and so my my background if maybe not heavy in regulatory background and knowledge it still i feel completely weighs out because i know how to communicate with patients. I understand the patient and physician dynamic and how it, you know, correlates into clinical research. And I think in that case, you know, I actually have better experience. So I'm switching a negative situation to a good situation and I'm utilizing my background, my personal branding that I come with my resume. And of course, if they were to see my LinkedIn, I bring that to the table and I switch it on them and I switch it in the sense that plays to my highest qualities, which is something, you know, everybody should do because yes, you know, if you're applying to a job and it's competitive, everyone's going to have the same qualifications, but it's the strengths that you have and how you ward those strengths and how you present them, whether it's in person, through through voice, through phone, right, a virtual or LinkedIn or resume, all the things that I've already mentioned, um, that's how you get across and how you become unique. Um, and so I guess maybe, uh, a, you know, a small example, right. Of how, you know, you can, you can create intentionally and purposefully with, with right communication. It's kind of out there, but it's like a celebrity example, for instance, so like Miley Cyrus or Britney Spears. And they're the ones that are most highly used just because they've actually had massive different transitions, both like, uh, professionally, right. But also the way they present themselves professionally, um, and I'm sure if you go look at their timelines, you can see huge differences. And if you're a 90s baby or a 2000s baby, you already know this, right? Um, but, you know, you can portray, it doesn't matter how much or what you did or what you've done wrong or what you haven't done in the past, what you choose to do now in the future and how you project that to the world through social media or through your resume, um, that's going to represent you. And it's a matter of being just consistent throughout the way and the same thing can be said as big businesses too for instance facebook facebook was this huge big boom and then you know politics happened the whole trump politics and they were marked of 
you know, not something with Russia. I can't remember exactly. And I don't want to go into detail because I'm not 100% sure. But uh, that happened. And then what coronavirus came and Mark Zuckerberg completely came out vocally saying that he wanted to do the right thing because he felt that this was a good way to change Facebook's image. And that is open, you know, intention and personal branding with his brand. So, yeah, you know, there's just so much to it and it could be seen and done in, in so many ways. Um, but yeah, any questions? Hope y'all are enjoying it so far. <laughs> the question is, what was the defining moment that told you this is what you wanted to do forever? So for me, initially through college, uh, I was actually propelled to medical school. Um, I shadowed about 420 some specialty hours. And then I realized, no. <laughs> uh, and I, I did, when I say specialty, I meant like I just multiple surgeries, uh, different specialty surgeries, different specialty clinics, um, and all of that. I made sure that I looked into every possible aspect that I would have naturally been interested in. I didn't like it. Um, uh, I decided PA, physician assistant, um, and it didn't work out for me. Uh, but then I went into nursing, right? The next thing. Um, and that also just didn't kind of fit. And I kind of, I felt like I was in some sort of limbo because I knew I really wanted, you know, healthcare wise, but I also didn't, I was over this whole thing of just direct patient care too, in a sense where it was just, um, just the clinical aspect. And, I started to realize how much I enjoyed doing research on like the vaccinations and the biotech, uh, uh, AI biotech and all of that stuff, which uh, ultimately for me, that is my goal. I'd like to specialize in neuroscience, AI biotech over time for clinical research. Um, but, you know, I realized, you know, that doesn't just have to be something I like to read about. I can actually put myself in that situation and I have the backing in the background to get myself moving towards that. So I, I did research and I realized that it was what I wanted and I saw the different, uh, you know, positions and I just, it was just like an aha moment. Like this is, this is the beautiful mending between both. And not only that, but I could also propel forward with that and even doing management, which is also something that I did in my other jobs. So, um, it was really just the best meshing. And, and again, it's, asking those questions, who am I? And what do I want to be? Who do I want to be? And that's, that's what I did. That's what I, I did for at least a year and a half, uh, once I moved to Austin. And, uh, you know, it was a grueling year and a half, because I felt like, again, I was in limbo, but it really just showcased to me, um, this is it. And I've been moving forward ever since. And it really just propelled once I knew. And well, but why? Because I was willing to do whatever I wanted to do. I was willing to do whatever I needed to do to move forward. And that has really expressed itself as my own professional, my own personal branding to, to Dan, you know, cause if he didn't think that he wouldn't have asked me to be an instructor, we wouldn't be, you know, communicating often about, you know, business and ideas and things like that. Um, and uh, all these other opportunities that have came up in the meantime, you know, it, once you have it, you feel it, you express it multiple different ways in, in different, different ways. <laughs> and, and it just works, you know, um, it's just, you knowing what you really want and, and not just assuming that that's what you want. Right. So, and what are you willing to do for it? Right. Any other questions? Okay. Awesome. Oh, who are you and who do you want to be? Oh, okay. 
Well, I already kind of said where I I want to be in management uh, at the moment. Right now, I am discussing with my line manager of what management route I would like to take in the future. But obviously, I just recently started, so I'm not going to jump into that. I'm giving myself time. Um, I do know that who I want to be is somewhere that is in neuroscience, biotech, AI. And I would love to be a part of the management team in that. Um, and who am I? Uh, well, I guess it depends. If it's kind of like the job question, naturally I would go through all my background. And oh, I guess you can say this. So all my job backgrounds, right, were clinical research industry, but almost everything I did and brought to the table outside of my job description had a lot to do with time management, time allocation, um, process improvement, and uh, just like analysis, right? And so ultimately, I feel that that's my strength. And those kinds of jobs is what I hone to because I really love bringing, making something, seeing something for what it is, and then finding ways to make it easier, better, or you know, explain it more simply, right? Thank you. <laughs> uh, we still have one more question coming. Oops. What books have you read and recommend in terms of professional branding on social media more? Uh, okay, so I haven't read any books <laughs> on personal branding. Uh, if I have, it probably wasn't intentional. Um, so I really wouldn't know what to say i mean honestly i can everything i know it's crazy but everything i know is because literally personal experience since i was 19 um even when it comes down to breaking down my resume and and all of that stuff you know it's it's all been stuff that i've just gained through my own knowledge um i highly recommend watching dan's videos <laughs> dan is dan is just like a living breathing encyclopedia of clinical research and business and clinical research and business meshed, right? So you guys are already, you know, five steps ahead, just, you know, being in his academy, having access to him, having access to his knowledge, you know, I not, I wasn't in the academy, I would have loved to, but I was very like, I want to move now kind of a thing. And at the time, financially, it, it wasn't the best move for me. But if I would have had the money, big yes, big yes. Um, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's always been like that for me. Uh, I don't like waiting for people or things or situations to happen. I'm a, I am a huge believer in that you create the life you want and you create those situations and scenarios. And so, you know, how, how bad do you want what you want pretty much? Right. So, yeah. That's that's kind of how I, I like to look at things. And I can honestly say that it's really pushed me forward very, very fast. And, um, oh, and in the meantime, like, like I said, my clientele, um, these tactics that I've taught and also, you know, have helped with people that have just asked me for questions on LinkedIn. Um, I've already gotten, I think, about six to seven people in their dream jobs. So that was pretty awesome to know. And it, it really gives me more motivation to learn more so I can provide more to people. And this is also why I'm helping Dan with this because, um, 
it's important. You know, sometimes you just need somebody to get that piece of information and just provide it to you to click, you know? So yeah. Uh, oops, oops, sorry. Hold on. Okay. They say, sorry. They say, do something you're passionate about and you will never have to work a day in your life. Would you say that is pretty accurate or not? Um, eh, I think, I mean, you're going to have to work. I mean, uh, the CRO that I got hired by amazing, super excited, but I can tell you the first month and a half, man, like that was, <laughs> it was brutal information overload. But the thing is, I think it's all based on perception. It's what I wanted. It's what I worked for. It's here. I need to just take it with a grain of salt, soak it all in and know that this is not the end of the road for me. This is just the beginning and that I have multiple times to just grow in on this information and get better. I think a lot of the time it's just about here, now, 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 now. Everybody's like, you know, instant gratification kind of a thing. And, and it's not about that. It's always about your journey towards that, you know. Um, I would have never have thought that I'd be in the position I'm at, getting the pay I'm at, where I'm at, and that I'm working from home while I do it. And six, seven months ago, I never thought that that would happen. I literally got everything I really wanted like down to the T. And so um, put your mind to it. You can and you will do it, but you just need to work hard for it. Just like anything, nothing comes easy. So, so, so you guys, let me, let me keep moving forward uh, just because I know that this is probably getting close to an hour, uh, but by all means, keep putting your questions there and you know, we will, I will get to them. Okay. So how to build a professional brand. So the definition of a brand is a unique design, symbol of words, or a combination in creating an image that defies, uh, identifies a product and differentiates it from it, its competitors. So a good example, uh, yogurts, right? There's multiple yogurts. There's vegan, lactose-free, etc. cetera. Uh, the product branding is based on the consumer. All yogurts they're all yogurts, but they offer something different. So in this case, you, right? Just like I said, when you apply to a job that's competitive, all of everybody has the same the same thing because if they didn't, they wouldn't be applying. They wouldn't meet the, the criteria, right? Um, but each individual has something very unique and specific. Even if I had somebody that I knew that was exactly like me, they are not going to have, you know, my position right now where I get to instruct, right? They're not going to have the position in which, you know, I had 400 and some shadowing hours, right? These are the things you have control over. Yes, it takes time. Yes, it sacrifices time, free time at that, you know, because you're not getting paid to do some of this stuff. But again, it goes to how bad do you want it? Are you going to showcase that? Is somebody going to go on your LinkedIn and say, wow, this person in five to six months got all these certifications, did all these things, did all this volunteer work that is directed towards either the specialty that they want to focus in in clinical research or, you know, clinical research itself. They did all that in five months. That's insane. That is super, super insane. Um, an example I got was uh, with the CRO. I actually had the line manager tell me, I love seeing your resume. You look like a busy body. And when I talk to you, you seem effortless. It's like you're not even stressed out with all the things you're doing. I'm like, no, because yes, it brings some sort of stress, but I'm doing it because I'm choosing to do it. There's a big difference, right? And I'm, and that, I don't even have to say, oh, I work really hard and oh, I really want this. 
she can already, she or he can already see that just by looking at my paper. I don't even need to say anything. And that's the goal. You want your actions to speak way louder than words itself. And they will if you do the time, right? <laughs> so, um, so you, some things you want to ask, you know, what sets you apart from your comp- competition? How can you convey it on your personal statement, which is, you know, your cover letter, your resume, et cetera, write it down, you know, uh, think really hard about the little things that, that make you different, right? There's, there's nothing hard about that. Now, some people have a real difficult time discussing, you know, good things about themselves or talk or listing good things about themselves. But this is important because it really highlights your strengths, you know? You don't have to say, oh, I'm strong in this area and this is my strength. You don't have to do that. They're automatically analyzing that just by looking at what it is that you've done. A lot of things can come out without even being spoken, right? So this would be something like your core competencies, what you what you know heavily, like, uh, you know, uh, process, uh, protocol process, regulatory issues, you know, uh, specific certifications that you have, all the different therapeutic areas that you've worked in or that have you have exposure to to where you can actually have good conversation any types of trainings you've had um there's sections on linkedin that have all this right it's like uh organization leadership therapies you know such as general medicine clinical research cardiology like all these things there's so many areas on there that you can fill up most people do not utilize these sections which is a big no-no you need to if you have opportunities to make yourself look overly fluffed, you do it because you're not going to get the time to do it in an interview. You have 45 minutes to answer a multiples of questions, you know, so you have to be quick and concise. You want to make sure your LinkedIn is mentioned so that they take the time to go look at it. You want to mention it in your email so that they can, your follow-up email so that they can go look at it. You know, you just, you want all the extra fluff on your LinkedIn, right? And this is going to create your personal branding representation. And also because most of the time recruiters or talent acquisition specialists for the CROs or the sponsors are going to look at your LinkedIn first before even reaching out to you. You want to, you know, hook them, you know what I mean? So super important that you do that. Um, so uh, you want to identify a, a, a unique identity to differentiate you from somebody else. So a good example is, um, I forgot her name, unfortunately, but this is one of Dan's students. Uh, she, that, well, I believe she was a student. I know that he interviewed her. It's one of his first interviews with a student. And uh, I think she's benchmark clinical research or something like that. She made a blog about her journey. She got memberships with the organizations, even though she wasn't in you know, a position yet. She did that to network, right? She created a presence. She got followers that created other lines of networking. And that's it. It's like a spider web. You know, you just need to make the first few steps. And most of the time, the first few steps really don't take much. And that's why Dan's always saying, you know, do it, go out of your way, go ask, ask the questions, you know, all these things, because it's going to get you that much further than the person that doesn't take the time or too shy or, oh no, you know, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's going to make you stand out and it's more than likely going to connect you to people that can help you. I mean, if it wasn't for me meeting Dan and having that awesome conversation with him and his wife, um, talking about, you know, his goals and my goals and my, my partner's goals, you know, getting inspired like that. And then him following up with me, now I'm here teaching, it's reiterating the things that I've learned. So I'm 
specializing in it. And now I'm creating a business from it. Like that's what happens. It's a trickle effect. And until you can utilize that in your life with every aspect of your life, you know, there's not going to be a lot of growth. And so I hope you guys take what I'm saying right now and really run with it because it's going to do things for you that you could never just imagine, you know? I mean, look at me, seven months, seven, eight months later, I'm like, here I am. <laughs> Another example is Dan, you know, he's blogged his CRI, li- a CR, a CR life, clinical research life from what, 2008, 2010. Um, you know, you can see that the first few videos are kind of, you know, sketchy because of the lighting and it was in a room and, and, you know, he was just kind of leaning on something, but now he has like the lighting, he has the good, he has the freaking hand holding thing, you know, he's leveled up, he's got following that's led to businesses, it's led to uh, connections, you know, it's, you know, it, it goes on and on and on, right? And so it's, it funnels out. And so you uh, you want to use these platforms to show your credibility um, and the value to support your career progress. You know, for instance, you you want to do you want to get with organizations. You want to get certified. You want to take free courses. You know, these things go out and make you make you stand out. Like for instance, most people during coronavirus. I mean, for good reason because it was mentally draining for a lot of people. For most of us, um, but you know. To get a certification, uh, I know that Dan was posting all his certifications that he was getting. I, I didn't post mine, but I, I got some. Um, you can get with organizations, link up with specialty organizations, and and network with people in those organizations because they have their own forums. Um, and that in itself already shows that you're going out of your way because you're buying that membership, right? Just like ACRP and SOCRA. Um, you have access to that network. People are all constantly talking about situations within clinical research that are happening. You're not in the job, but you can already start getting exposure through that just by reading those articles, those postings that happen every day. Same thing can go for, you know, if you want to go into oncology or cardiology, you are already grasping knowledge in on that. Like I'm in a neuro neurology one. Why? Because my end game focus is neuroscience, right? So I want to already be building on that knowledge over time. So once I'm there and I'm, uh, you know, actually eligible to apply to these types of jobs, I'm going to come in not only, you know, uh, able to apply, but I'm going to come in full force with full knowledge. And that's going to surprise them because I have no background, work background, but I'm going to come with all this knowledge because I was preparing, you know, you, you prepare to plan, you plan to succeed. Right. So Definitely, you know, something you, you want to keep in mind as you're going. Um, create a year, two-year, three-year plan, and, and all that good stuff. Um, so, uh, okay, real quick. Uh, we're going to ask questions. So go ahead, and if you do have questions for me on this section, let me know. Uh, I'm going to answer this last question that I got from the last section. It says, walk me through the mind of a recruiter. What do they look for when looking at your profile, LinkedIn? Um, well, obviously, each recruiter is different. Uh, most of the time, you have to understand that recruiters are have a quota to meet. They also are competing with other recruiters and third parties, third party companies that are recruitments. And and nowadays, because mostly everything's virtual, these recruiter companies are just popping up out of nowhere, right? So, you um, definitely, for the most part, they're just. I feel recruiters are just trying to make sure you meet you know, the criteria. And then at that point, 
they break it down. Um, so I can't go too much into detail with this because, like, again, it's it's heavily in depth. Uh, it takes a while with my clientele. It takes about at least an hour to discuss. Um, but kind of quick nutshell, uh, they use an AI algorithm to break down your resume to see the percentage criteria of what you meet for that specific position that they're looking for. And then depending on if you meet the top, I think five, six, seven percent um, at that point, then that's when they reach out to do a phone screening. Um, the phone screening really is just to make sure that they lay out everything that is offered with that position and that you fit well with that position, as well as, you know, the organization fitting with you. Right. So at that point, that's called a screen call. And um, at that point, if you if you work out, they pass you on to the actual talent acquisition specialist, which is a lot of the time is the CRO or the sponsor recruiter. Um, but if you're going through uh, a basic site that's like a local site or like a hub site or something like that, more than likely they're not going through any recruiters. It's just their actual HR unless they're with uh, a hospital. In that case, they go through the hospital recruitment. Any other questions? Okay, awesome. Let me scroll down. Okay, so to uh, assessing and evaluating your brand, uh, again, you know, just kind of reiterating some things I've already said because I went on a tangent. Uh, you're always assessing intention, especially with the person you're meeting and what you'd like them to know about you. You take control of the brand, thus taking control of the interview and or the conversation, right? So, for instance, in an interview that I had, um, I was really, really nervous about this because it was the last line interview. And I wanted to make sure that um, I got everything I needed to say, but also that I controlled it to where it was more of me asking questions and me creating that dialogue as opposed to the other way around. Why? Because that was going to make me stand out, right? Most people that are in interviews are just worried about answering the question right as opposed to trying to control the interview and making it more of a personable dialogue, which is always the end goal, right? So uh, that's what happened. They asked me a question and I made sure that I answered in all sorts of levels to where one answer answered at least four questions that was should have been asked. So at the end of the interview, she actually laughed and she said, I can't believe I just had a 45-minute interview with you and I only asked two questions, but I feel like I've known you forever. And I'm like, I smiled and I laughed. I was like, yeah, of course. But in my head, I'm like, definitely, because I took control and I made sure that, you know, I let my personal branding come out without intentionally, like, stopping the questions and all of that good stuff. And and so, you know, always planning how you're going to do that with what you already bring from your resume and your, and your LinkedIn. Because mind you, if you're in the last interview, they have already thoroughly reviewed all of your paperwork. And so you want to make sure that you can bring it in in a different way outside of what they already know, right, from what you presented through your application. Okay, so... Um, <clears throat> So market awareness, needs of market industry. So, again, you know, like I said, uh, for market awareness, if you want to come into an industry that you, where you have no experience but you have a certification, uh, you want to come in and say, okay, well, what is it that I need? So that's exactly what I did. I said, all right, what certifications do I need? 
who or what organizations do I need to be connected with? And, you know, what do I need to showcase to see that, to show that I am competitive, even though I really don't have heavy background. So um, I went and searched a bunch of CRAs, RSMs, reviewed their profiles, got an idea of what it is that they're presenting and what makes them a good candidate, right? And kind of maneuvered off of that. So just doing your research, do your due diligence, make sure you know exactly what the CRO sponsor or site is looking for and and work around that, you know? Um, so target awareness, uh, needs or a target employer. So, you know, if you have a CRO or a sponsor or a site that you really, really, really want to work for, then do, again, your due diligence, research them, figure out what it is that they want, figure out what type of employee on a whole scale that they're looking for. You know, you can find that in that, you can find that in their missions and values. Most people don't read that ever, which is not good because that really is the entirety of what the company stands on. And if you can involve that in your own personal brand, that's it. You know, for the most part, you probably already have that in your personal branding. You're just not showcasing it right, which again is what I help my clients with, right? Because really, I mean, I've helped doctors and uh, nurses and people with 15 years of experience in CR clinical research and, and, you know, the showcasing is just not there. And, you know, you know, again, this is why I'm here to help. So you can hear that and, it can, you know, light a bulb and you can go back and make sure you review that stuff on your on your personal information. Right. Um, so uh, align your personal career brand with the marketplace. So, you know, only again, like I said, only hone in and focus, focus in on the organizations that you want to be linked with so that you're as they're posting on their feed, you're always up to date with what's new with their company. That's always a good thing to do. Um, it's also a good conversation starter with recruiters if you choose to link with recruiters even though recruiters more than likely won't fully know what's going on with the company if they're a third-party recruiter right um let's see um you doing this again will be you three steps ahead from the average person uh but mostly out of everything that i've just mentioned always the key is the job posting read the job posting very diligently look at what it is that they're looking for there's a section where they say what's required uh and what's uh i forgot what it's called not required it's required but preferred right you always want to look at the preferred section that's going to let you know what makes you the ideal candidate for them and that's something you can work towards over time so any questions on that Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it can be anybody's superpower. It's just being clear with, you know, what you want and how to present it, right? Um, any other questions, you guys? Okay. Ready for o'clock. Let me start wrapping it up. Okay. And so uh, the last one, right, is one of the last ones, two more. Um, so creating your brand messaging, uh, your image, your LinkedIn, social media platforms, like I said, photos are everything. Um, representation is everything. Look at Dan's photo. You can go look at my photo, uh, your background photo. A lot of people don't have a background photo. You should have one. Um, consistency, clarity, and authenticity are key whenever you are posting on social uh, on LinkedIn, I mean social media, fine again because it's personal, but LinkedIn for sure. Um, uh, you know, definitely you want to consider. You know, if you're posting about 
you know, very high political views or things that are, of course, at a very, you know, high tension rate right now. It's not that it's bad, but again, you don't know who the recruiter is or who the sponsor is, who's behind the choice of choosing you and you don't know if their viewpoints are opposing or if they prefer to not have somebody that stirs the pot or that, you know, that goes out of the way to be overly vocal about very tentious, uh, tense issues, right? Uh, should it be like that? No, but you know, it definitely happens. So if you want to risk manage, you definitely don't want to be posting about things like that. You don't want to be posting or liking you know, these videos about animals and stuff like that. Not that it's bad again, but it's just, you know, you're, this is not social media. This is oh, it's work social media, right? There's a purpose to this platform and it's not Facebook. You know, you can leave that for Facebook and Instagram, but this is not Facebook. So keep all that stuff over there. And I say LinkedIn is if you use it right and use it purposely, you will get really great, great backgrounds. So you want to always post, you want to keep it career focused, uh, geared towards your, you know, preferred industry. And each time always provide a genuine, authentic comment to why you're posting and what, why it specifically spoke to you and why you'd like to share it. Um, it allows a glimpse into who you are and how you think as a person. Now, naturally, does everybody read everything? Definitely not. But if there's a recruiter, talent acquisition specialist or an actual person that works for a company that just so happens to know positions opening and they always see you on their feed, always posting about their company and how you enjoy it, how you how you enjoy what they do and all this stuff and how you can't wait to work for them one day. Eventually, they might actually reach out to you. I've actually had recruiters reach out to me because of my postings and that other people liked and added. So, you know, anything is literally possible. So, yeah, so just, you know, it keeps people's visuals on you. So the more people that like it, that pops up on their feed, people that you don't even, you know, have on your feed or seeing your feed. And that's how the algorithm works. And that's why you want to keep it and honed in on people that are just clinical research based, right? Um, so, and then online vis uh, visibility. So the amount of social platforms that you have obviously uh, helps you um, access more people network-wise. I mean, look at Dan, he, he goes out of his way to use YouTube uh, to blog, right? He uses LinkedIn. Uh, and he uses Instagram and Facebook. Now you don't have to do that, but, uh, something that if you do follow a lot of clinical research specialists, you will notice that other, at least on my feed, um, there are a lot of people right now that are choosing to make blogs and informational posts. And this is just creating a massive following. And so ultimately, if you're just sharing information or your journey or whatever, you're creating a following over time. So maybe not right now, but maybe in the future, if you do have something to offer or something you want to consult later when you become more specialized, you have people that you can cater to and that you already have access to. So it's always thinking ahead, five steps ahead, 10 steps ahead, right? Um, and it's also how, how often you are active on those platforms, right? So if you Google, for instance, if you Google Dan, Right. Dan has is on multiple platforms and he's always posting. He's always active. This is the Google algorithm. Right. So every time you you Google Dan in clinical research, he's going to come up and probably ha have the entire first page. Why? Because the algorithm picks him up on multiple platforms and it favors those who utilize these platforms the most. So, you know, if you ever 
want to be looked up by a clinical research organization or sponsor or sites and you want your information to come up to the top, you want to be as active as possible on many platforms, even if it's just your personal one, just so that you jump up to the top and that it's not easily mistaken for you, you for somebody else. Right. Um, and then again, also in the future, if you have a business or you create a business, you have that link and all that background energy already put in to your usage. Right. So it speaks multiple languages and words over time for Google and you will be at the top. And ultimately, you know, I think most people uh, at some point want to do consulting or contract work and you have to personal brand yourself and eventually you want a website or you're going to want, you know, a professional a professional um, profile, you know. So, yeah, this, you know, and you want to Google yourself. You can Google yourself right now and, and see where you're at. How many other people have your name and how much more active are they than you? You know, I actually have one girl that is literally my name, Ashley Margo, and she's right above me. But because she's, you know, I think she's an art director and she's very busy, uh, digital art director. And so very busy online. Right. So I don't know if I'll ever jump past her. But, um, yeah, this is just something you want to make sure you you're always, you know, on top of. Any questions with that? Okay, would you recommend cold calling, not spamming companies you want to work for as one of the strategies to incorporate? So I think anything you do is beneficial. Uh, when I did, uh, the funniest story, when I did those hours of shadowing, I, this was before I really knew how to work LinkedIn. This was years, years ago. Um, I went on Google and I put uh, neurosurgery, cardiovascular surgery, um, uh, different types of specialties. And then I printed out all the listings. It was like pages and pages. And I went one by one calling, calling, making a note, like, okay, they said to call back. They said no. And I just kept bugging and bugging and bugging. And I got all these contacts. There was two contacts that really went out of the way for me. I called 50 places. This is what Dan means about just being consistent. Even when you hear no, um, out of all, I think 50 some places that I called, um, Two contacts that I had, one doctor was very sweet. He was a general surgeon. When we were in the OR, he said, hey, you know, all my friends are surgeons here in different specialties. Stop calling places. Stop wasting your time. Uh, let me introduce you to all of them, and we'll figure out a rotation for you. So that's literally what happened. I was so grateful to him. Very nice person. You will have that one person that just happens to come out. Um, and then uh, so he's always been a very good acquaintance, and that's how that happened. The second person, uh, she was a PA. Her name was Ash Ashley as well. And the manager kept bothering her, you know, saying, hey, she needs, she wants to know if she can shadow you. The story goes is that she didn't want me to shadow her. She didn't, she just started and she just didn't want a student there. Um, but because the manager never told me no, I kept calling. I called, I think, 10, 20 times until finally she said yes. And I showed up. And we've been best friends ever since. It's been, I think, eight years. Her birthday is actually today. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I mean, we talk about it all the time. She's like, if you wouldn't have been persistent, we would have never been friends. I would have never met you. And and through her, I've actually met multiple other people. I've actually, you know, I'm helping her right now, kind of getting her business off the ground. 
And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's been interesting. It's been really interesting. And again, this is an example as to what happens. I mean, I even talked to Dan about working for him in the future. I always tell him, I'm like, don't joke with me. I'm going to work for you <laughs> uh, or do something with him, like some sort of business or something. But, um, future, of course. But yeah, so these things, these things happen. You just need to take full control. And so, yeah. So I guess in closing, right? Uh, update your brand and all related platforms, uh, resumes. Uh, well, platforms, right? Your social media platforms, but your resume, your cover letter, your references, all that stuff. If you need help with that and you do not know where to start, reach out to me. I'll give you information on my clientele, uh, my clientele, uh, work and see if it works for you. Um, again, I, I'm always on there twice, twice a day and I communicate all the time. Um, always evaluate what you are posting online. Does it help evaluate your brand? Just think about that. Does it help evaluate me? Does it, push forward what it is that I want to be seen as, you know, uh, some other questions to keep in mind. And, and these are also very good to do because these questions are also going to help you prepare for an interview. Uh, but this definitely holds into your personal branding. Uh, what do I do? What do I offer that is, that's, that sets me apart? What do I want or like to do? Um, how do I do things differently? How do I make things better? Uh, what are my greatest strengths? What motivates me? What, where, and who is my focus specifically when it comes to my branding and when they, I want them to view me? And what are the best personal traits that I have? And how do other, others perceive me? Which will, that one's very important because that one's going to hone in on, on where you're at right now in your current branding situation. And that one's tricky because, you know, like I said, how are you with your friends? Are you the reliable one? Are you the one that flakes? doesn't flake are you the one that goes out of your way to help are you the gossiper at work I mean only you know right but do you help do you try to train other people do you are you willing to do extra work these things are going to really hone in on who who you are right now and how other people are perceiving you and if you do not like it you want to start working on that and you can start working on it now at your current job with your family, your friends, your acquaintances, and I highly suggest it because it goes such, such a long way. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's everything. Um, this actually went on pretty long. I'm not surprised. The last one I did was an hour and 30 minutes. So I always tell Dan I don't think I can have a timeline, right, because you never know where the questions will go. But um, before I wrap up, are there any last questions that you have? I'm happy to answer. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, you guys. Thank you for being here. And uh, yeah, uh, again, reach out to me on LinkedIn. And I'm always happy to help. You guys have a good one. Thank you so much. So hey, everybody, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. Again, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Make sure you leave a review if you could be so kind, please. Uh, and also go to the clinicaltrialsguru.com if you're interested in learning more about who I am, who some of my guests are. Uh, you can have access to some of my YouTube videos. Uh, I do a lot of videos about clinical research. So go to the clinicaltrialsguru.com and you can also call or text me anytime, 949-415-6256. Also follow me on any social media platform. It's Dan Svera. And you can also 
email me if you'd like, dan at theclinicaltrialsguru.com. Thank you very much.